0: Welcome to Reimagine Hybrid Work, a Data for Betterment Foundation podcast. I'm your host, Maribel Lopez. I'm the founder of Lopez Research and the nonprofit, the Data for Betterment Foundation. The foundation's mission is to help individuals and companies prepare for the future of work by understanding how technology will change business and careers. If you like this episode, please visit reimaginehybridwork.com for links to follow the show in your favorite app and subscribe to our weekly newsletter for additional show content and articles. You can also find me on LinkedIn and Twitter at Maribel and my blog on LiphasResearch.com. I hope you'll enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. As always, I'm excited to be here with another great technology leader. I'm joined with Kristen Emenecker. She is the Chief Product and Strategy Officer for PlayVox. Welcome to the program, Kristen.
1: Thank you so much, Maribel. I'm so delighted to be here.
0: So Playbox is a contact center provider and a provider of workforce engagement software. And as we all know, there's a lot going on in the contact center space. It's been very critical to a lot of companies, particularly in the past few years, as they've reconsidered how they're going to do their engagement strategies with their customers and also rethinking how they basically engage employees in the future of work. So one of the things that we were seeing was in the past companies referred to some of what you're building today as workforce engagement. Can you explain to us what workforce engagement software is now and how it differs from what we've had in the past?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, so I, I think the term workforce engagement really represents an evolution of um the technology that has been used to manage people heavy departments within a company like, um, a contact center or a call center. Um, you know, we used to once upon a time, it was called workforce optimization. And I think we can all agree that, um, you know, as a, as an employee and as a human being, I don't really want to be optimized, Um, (laughs) but I certainly do want to be engaged and, um, you know, Playvax is a company that actually was founded through um, a, our founder going into a, a contact center um, in his native Colombia and being sort of taken aback by the work environment and experience, and really thinking there's got to be a better way to create a, a more human-centered um, approach to work and and to how we. Um, engage with employees at work. And surely that will create better customer experiences if we have happier employees. And so I think, um, you know, the market has moved to workforce engagement around the same time that Playbacks has kind of come out into this space. And it's really, um, it's indicative, I think, of, of what's needed today. Um, and even more so now that, that we have so many people working remotely.
0: Isn't it amazing that we have to move to something that is human-centered?
1: I, yes, it truly, truly is. I I've I've been in the contact center space for a long time and I, I've said that even regardless of technology, the the way contact centers have been run for decades, um, and call centers as they were called before that, has been Trying to squeeze every last you know ounce of humanity out of a person and make them into a robot and and measure them down to the second and you know we used to have scripts right you know say this exact thing and and behave in this exact way and um, I, I I could not be happier that we are finally I think waking up as a society and realizing that that's not the right way to approach employees and um, and that when we bring technology when we bring AI and machine learning and all of these things into a workspace it should be for the purpose of bringing more humanity in of, of creating space where we can be more human um, and so you know' I'm, I'm excited that we're moving in that direction but yes also it is uh, it is shocking that we have to say you know uh, let's build let's build tools for work and spaces for work that are built for the humans who do that work
0: So I have a lot of things rolling around in my mind when I think of the benefits of workforce engagement software, but given how deeply penetrated you are in the field, can you give me some of your perspective on what the benefits are?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, these are the tools that um, allow every employee to um, be seen and heard for the work that they're doing in, again, a part of the organization that tends to have a lot of people. And so it can get, um, you know, it can get a bit um, I, lacking in in that connectedness. And so um, workforce engagement tools are about understanding the quality of communications with the customer. But in doing that, they're also about understanding the experience of the employee and where they're struggling and where they need additional information. So it's, you know, bringing them learning, making sure that they're getting regular coaching, that they're that they understand how they're being measured. So there are things like, uh, you know, balanced scorecards so that they can see their KPIs and how individual activities they do throughout the day impacts that voice of customer that comes directly back to that agent so that they can see the impact that they had on um, an individual customer and and their experience And and then tools to forecast the work and schedule those employees so that if I, you know, um, know that I have got a, a game on uh, you know Tuesday with uh, with my kid after school, and I want to be able to have that time. I can have that time and the company doesn't miss our service levels and being responsive to uh, to customers because we're managing that at a very granular way. And so um, all of those tools, that learning, that quality assessment, that um, coaching, Feedback we have at Playbox. Again, we're very human centric. So we've also got some extras in there, things like a community so that when you're, um, you know, working remotely, you can engage. We've got motivation um, solutions. Again, that was really where the company was founded on. And then, you know, managing that schedule so that you've got that work life balance and The company is still able to um, predict when customers are going to need support and make sure that they've got everybody there um, lined up and ready to support them. So it's uh, it's that whole sort of suite of tools that um, that really make the difference between a good work experience and a poor work experience and ultimately a good customer experience with that service or support um, organization and, and a poor one.
0: I think there's so many things in there around the holistic nature of how we look at work and how we look at how that work impacts the customer experience. And I think best in class companies are now really understanding that you need a rich employee experience to basically equal the customer experience that you want to deliver. And that's been a fascinating change that we've seen in this space. And I know you've also like me been doing research in this space and you recently completed a survey. Can you share some of your key findings with us?
1: Yeah, it was, it was fascinating. We did, um, we we conducted this survey and we're really looking at, um, at attitudes around remote work at who was doing remote work. And we did some comparisons between, um, employees, agents, frontline agents in our case in contact centers um, and what they thought and management and what they thought. And it was, you know, there were, there were several trends that we probably could have predicted and have heard other places like employees who are working from home, want to be able to stay working from home, right? That's a really important thing for them. Um, but there were some things that were very interesting, right? So managers Felt that there were that everyone was much clearer on um, you know work from home and and um, how many people would be working from home or not working from home or coming back to the office than employees. Employees said um, almost as many that said you know no, my company's not going to ask me to go back. Said they were unsure, Um, and so I think we've seen some of the um, repercussions of that you know state of. Um, of not being sure and and that fluctuation and that concern from employees about will this change? We also found that um, uh, I, I I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I want to say it was about 49 percent um, of companies who had um, remote workers said that they didn't have any policies Um dictating or helping employees understand what were the expectations from at home. So we've seen a lot of, um, you know, if you're on social media, if you're uh, watching, you know, if you're on TikTok, you're seeing people talk about this, you know, these crazy things that their employers are doing or expectations. But I, I think that explains a lot of it. If we're not, if if we haven't, uh, you know, this far in from the pandemic, actually, you know ha- come to a, an agreement with our employees on what's expected um when they're scheduled to work and when they're not scheduled to work and made that clear and 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 written down those policies i think um it's unfair to expect employees to be able to guess so you know there's there's um a lack of assuredness a lack of policies um that were surprising that came out of the research um, in terms of companies but also um you know, a, a continuing need for engagement, and actually, the number one reason why employees who said they would be interested in going back to work um, said that was for that connected time with their coworkers, with their managers. And so, I think in this new era of work, it it, it underlines and uh, and emphasizes the need to use technology and leverage other ways to uh, create really connected experiences, because as humans, we want those. Um, Even if we want the flexibility of working from home, we still want to feel that sense of belonging and part of a team.
0: Now, I'll place a link to the survey in the show notes. But some of what you said leads me to a question on employee engagement and what are you seeing best-in-class companies doing as they approach employee engagement today, which might be different than what we even did two years ago?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, I'm seeing a few things. I'm seeing, um, I'm seeing that companies that have, especially that have hybrid work, where they may have some employees in office and some employees at home, um, best-in-class companies are starting to recognize that they need to ensure equality. Um, I, I hesitate to say this is a, you know, new face of equality because we have so many real equality struggles that I don't want to um, undermine. But I do think that there is an emphasis that I'm seeing um, in those companies that are really committed to engaging employees to ensure that they are providing equal access to training, to promotion, uh, you know, opportunities, to um, coaching and one-on-one and, you um, and, and feedback from their peers, feedback from their managers, it's really um, – it's become a focus, and I think it is part of what separates highly engaged companies um, from companies who have not yet sort of shed maybe some of the – you know, the, the management techniques, uh, that existed pre COVID where they're nervous about employees working from home and there's almost this built in, um, suspicion or, or concern and they're approaching that work experience w- in that light, right? Some of the things that we've seen where they're, you know, checking up or cameras are being used. And, um, I think that creates a lot of distrust, uh, in both directions. Um, and is, is the difference between companies that are um, struggling with holding employees and with keeping them engaged and, um, and, and keeping them as enthusiastic brand ambassadors um, and those you know companies who really are doing a good job of that because they're approaching them with um, a high degree of empathy, a high degree of connectedness. They're finding creative ways to still have um you know fun at work and and to connect at work and to make every single person feel seen and heard individually and that's not easy but it's uh it's it's worth i think the commitment and we're seeing the the payoff
0: you know, there's so many interesting dynamics that are happening around this. And you mentioned one, which is around trust. And I think that's mm-hmm. one of the things that's been very difficult. You didn't have to think about that when everyone was in an office. So yeah. trust is is certainly key. Proximity bias is a thing we talk about a lot. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's research that goes in both directions on that. Some people say it exists. Some people say it doesn't. But I certainly think that a lot of individuals do worry if there is a proximity bias within their management. Mm-hmm. So there's there's much work to be done in in this space. And you spoke about some of the things that you thought organizations should be doing differently. But are there other things that you'd like to add to that? I
1: think that um, I, I think that there is there's generally a respect. Um, factor that I think plays into good employee 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 employer relationships, um, you know, in, in pretty much any setting, but it, it, it has been amplified um, through the at home work that we find ourselves in for, for many of us um, since COVID. And I think that that respect is about um, being diligent about protecting time off of work. Um, it's about uh, being diligent about uh, respecting scheduling preferences as much as possible, um, kind of like we talked about at the beginning, about um, ensuring that the employee has, again, a voice and time um, with the manager. I think that's uh, that's part of where that location bias concern comes in, right, is if, if I'm sitting here and I don't get to see my manager anymore, um, Am I still top of mind? Uh, you know, is my voice heard? Am I, um, you know, is, is the good work that I'm doing um, being seen, and, and will it be acknowledged? And uh, you know, will it help me to meet my career goals, whatever those are? I think that, um, you know, those are the, the things that I would suggest for companies as to to have um, an environment of trust and respect um, to make clear the goals, because I think sometimes where there's a lack of trust and respect, it's because, um, both parties are not, uh, aligned on what the outcome is, what the goal is, um, of the work. And so, um, you know, without that communication, there's only, uh, there's only checking, there's only, um, you know, accountability and, uh, and not, Uh, you know, a connectedness in in the environment that I work in, in in contact centers, a connectedness to the customer outcomes. I I don't know anyone who goes into customer service or customer support work who doesn't want to make customers happy. I mean, it's just not a thing. You wouldn't go into that job. And so um, helping to connect those dots as opposed to sort of accusing and behaving in an authoritarian way um, can go a long way in, um, creating trustful work environments that also are good for employees. And so sometimes we have policies as employers um, that maybe we check on without communicating, you know, why and, and what the impact is. And I think as much as we can connect the voice of the customer, just like the voice of the team back into that um, remote employee, I think I think we are all the better off for it. And, and we can start to transition that tone to one of, um, trust and respect as opposed to, um, you know, paranoia and micromanagement.
0: You know, Kristen, the things that you're referring to now are actually we we've been talking about the contact center, but they really are fairly universal mm. in anyone's looking at a hybrid work strategy or a distributed work strategy today. Uh, people that are remote want to feel that they're seen and they're heard. There's a trust that needs to happen. There's this notion of really rethinking what management needs to be in this type of environment and being a bit more specific about, you know, what our key performance indicators look like and how we might measure that, not in a, I saw you in a seat eight hours, uh, but more in a, what was the outcomes and being clearer on what we're looking for in outcomes and in timeframes. So it will be interesting to see how that changes. And I I fully respect that that is a critical challenge of our time. One of the other things that I'm hearing a lot about these days is AI, and many companies are promoting AI within their products. In your opinion, how will this change the workplace?
1: I think that, um, you know, I kind of referenced it at the beginning, I think that there is the opportunity to leverage the new technology that's being created, so ai machine learning to um, to automate tasks that are repetitive and that um, are not and and that take time away from the engagement and this is this is both at the management level and at the um, in this case, you know, agent level, who's who's engaging with the customer. So, um, if we think about the the very again conversation that we had at the beginning about workforce optimization versus workforce engagement, I think that's actually a good summary of the changing role of management. I think that a, a management a manager's job in um, a company that's doing this really well um, has become less about squeezing every ounce of productivity out of their workforce in a contact center and more about um, patterning the behavior that they want uh, in terms of the respect for customers, more about um, engaging those employees who they may, again, not be seeing every day. Um, And one of the things that we can do to help with that is in contact centers, as an example, AI and machine learning um, is being brought into um, the practice of quality assurance, which which is this longstanding practice in contact centers. You know it from when you probably call an eight hundred number and you get that little message that says this call may be monitored or recorded for quality purposes. Um, you know that ha- that has happened in contact centers for decades, and typically is a process whereby one to 2% of customer evaluations are um, you know, listened to or reviewed and scored. Um, and that has often created tension between an employee and a manager because if I was not feeling well or if I just had a really lousy call with a customer or um, I just was chatting with a customer who had a really complicated issue, um and that's the 1% of my interactions that you pulled for the month and now you're saying you know i'm i'm an employee who's dropped from up here to down here in terms of my performance there's a resentment that comes with that because i you know am committing myself to engaging um employees or engaging customers on on each and every interaction and and you might have not seen um me at my best by applying machine learning one of the things that um, that we can do is to do to automate portions of that quality so that employees are getting um, a score, if you will, on hundred percent of their interactions or their tickets that they're handling or their cases. And so they're able to get um, a more holistic, accurate um, picture of what they're doing. And they're, they know that their managers are getting that holistic picture, but there's also a push to, um, use that to free up management time who maybe now doesn't have to do those manual to spend more time coaching doing the actual thing that was supposed to be the end result of doing a quality evaluation process to begin with but too frequently there was so much time spent getting through that one to two percent that um the interaction was just to fire it off with a score and you know maybe a couple of comments um, without that actual personal connected conversation and so um that's one example in in uh, you know serving customers the ability for customers to self-serve maybe with a chat bot some customers like it some don't but give them the option where they can ask a question but as soon as they need um more help or they have uh, you know a more complicated situation perhaps um to be able to give them a live agent to, to meet them right there on that chat channel where they are, um, who can spend more time, who is being less measured by handle time like we used to be when everything came through the phone or, you know, through the same channel. But, you know, now we can handle really um, routine, quick uh, inquiries with AI, and then we can let the more complicated inquiries or the inquiries where you've had a bad experience as a customer get to a human being who can really engage with you on the channel of your choice and isn't under that gun to wrap that up in 30 seconds, but really can spend the time with you. So I, there are a number of, of, um, you know, examples like that, but those are a couple to me again, you know, introducing machine learning into business in any department, certainly in the contact center. Um, should be a way to bring the humanity back in and a way to allow more um, empathetic engagement. And if it's not, then I think we probably need to rethink uh, our you know, AI strategy.
0: Kristen, I think the part that you bring up about empathy is one of the things that we've really been Looking at how we're going to improve on that. And I think that what AI does in machine learning, it actually brings together some of the best of what you're experiencing in your company so that you can elevate the entirety of the staff in terms of their ability to service a customer. You can improve. Empathy, you can think of whole new ways and even empower agents to do things like go off the script, as you mentioned earlier. So I think that we're really going to use that in a way that is not about replacing agents, which is, I think, where people's minds originally went with the chatbots and virtual assistants, but in terms of forking that, that the things that are easy, that are routine and mundane can be handled by that aspect of AI. But the secondary aspect of AI really comes in on the back end and helps organizations uplevel their business in general. So I think where we are now is at the point where uh, I was calling it the bonus question, but since I ask it every time, I think I'm gonna have to start calling it the (laughs) closing question, (laughs) which is, is there a book, a podcast, an activity that you'd like to recommend to the audience and why? And it doesn't have to be technology related.
1: Yeah, I mean, we have a. We've just um, sort of branched into podcasts ourselves at um, at Playbox, and we're trying to not have it be just our voice, but um, you know, lots of sort of voices from uh, from the industry. Actually, would love to have you on. But it's called Masters of Support, and you can um, find it anywhere where you uh, where you get your podcast. Would love to um, certainly send people there, um, and our blog. Um, has lots of, uh, lots of discussion of workforce dynamics and um, empathy in the workplace and how we sort of navigate these changing waters. Um, So we'd certainly recommend that people go there as well. And, um, and we have a resource center that has lots of, um, you know, available resources that, uh, that are free, um, that you can download. So if you uh, are a Playbox customer or not, we try to, practice what we preach. So one of our values is, you know, be a good human and always be learning. And so we, we want uh, to have lots of things out there that people can use um, for whatever, you know, sort of part of this, uh, this wonderful new work world that they're living in. Um, And, uh, and we continue to add more out there all the time. So happy to uh, happy to engage people that way. And they can go on. And like I said, they can, uh, they can use any of those for free.
0: Well, thank you. And I can think of no better way to end a podcast than to say, be a good human. Until next time. Cheers, folks.
1: Lovely. Thanks, Maribel.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please visit reimaginehybridwork.com to subscribe to the show and the newsletter. Until next time, wishing you all of the best in everything in life and in technology. Oh,